Welcome to the Wisdom Journey. If you're new here, Stephen Davey is teaching through all 66 books of the Bible. This is a three-year journey with a lesson each weekday. I'm Scott Wiley, and we're glad to have you along. You know, what God requires of you as you live in this world is that you love Him and love other people. But you can't do either of those correctly until you first settle the question of who Jesus Christ is. Here's Stephen. Today on our Wisdom Journey, we're back in the temple. Uh, It's Tuesday of Passover celebration uh, there in Jerusalem, and the crowd has swelled by some two million pilgrims who've packed in and around the city, according to Uh, historical sources. A a great crowd has come to listen, especially to Jesus, the master teacher, and he's going to answer one question after another. He evidently didn't mind questions, beloved. In fact, uh, like any good teacher, he used questions to instruct and, and to guide and to teach his audience. Now, in Matthew's gospel account, chapter 22, a lawyer who's a Pharisee approaches Jesus And he has this question. Now, the word here for lawyer is uh, actually another name for scribe. The scribes were experts in the law of Moses and and most often a teacher of the law as well. So sometimes they're referred to attorneys or lawyers. Sometimes they're referred to as scribes. Now, here in verse 36, he asks this question, which is the great commandment in the law? Now, the Pharisees had planned this question to try and trap Jesus. Mark's gospel account indicates that that this lawyer uh, ends up becoming a little more sympathetic to Jesus as the two of them have this conversation. But the question uh, he's asking uh, was actually a hot topic of debate. The rabbis in Jesus' day loved to debate these, these commandments. In fact, they had identified 613 biblical commandments in the Old Testament. By the time of Jesus, they had actually added hundreds uh, and hundreds upon hundreds of additional commandments, commandments that were sort of tacked on to the biblical commandments. Now, with all these commandments being taught to the people, the religious leaders were then constantly debating among themselves which commandments were more important than others. So now they're trying to get Jesus to jump into this debate. They, they want Jesus to take sides here. Jesus, which commandment is the most important? Well, uh, Jesus doesn't even take a breath to, to pause and think it over. He immediately quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This commandment, uh, Jesus says in verse 38, is the great and first commandment. In other words, it is the primary, it is the most foundational commandment, loving God with your entire being. But the Lord doesn't stop there. He goes on here in verse 39 to add, and a second commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now with this, Jesus is quoting from Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18. Now maybe you've heard somebody say that you can't love others until you first learn to love yourself. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not commanding you to love yourself. 
He's commanding you to love other people like you already love yourself. So these two commandments are are closely connected. In fact, they really can't be separated. Loving God without loving others created in his image is impossible. And loving others without loving God isn't really love in the truest sense. Have you ever thought about the fact that loving God summarizes the first four of the Ten Commandments, while love for others summarizes the last six of the Ten Commandments? You see, if you love God and you worship God, well, you're not going to steal from other people. You're not going to lie to other people. You're not going to commit adultery against your spouse. That's why Jesus says now here in verse 40, on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, Mark's gospel account tells us that this man is rather impressed with Jesus' answer. He even acknowledges that Jesus has spoken the truth and that obedience to these two commands is really more important than sacrifices and offerings. And so Jesus responds back to him uh, here in Mark chapter 12 and verse 34. Jesus says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. In other words, you're on the right track here. In fact, Jesus' words are encouraging him to take the next step, and that is to embrace the Lord in faith. Well, now it's time for Jesus to ask a question of his own. He asks a Pharisee this question back in Matthew's account again at chapter 22 and verse 42. What do you think about the Christ that is the anointed Messiah? Whose son is he? And the Pharisees are quick to answer, he's the son of David. Well, that's, that's correct. The Messiah was to be a son of David, a descendant of David according to the Scriptures. Son of David, by the way, was an accepted messianic title. The Messiah would be a descendant of King David. Now, by the way, these religious leaders knew that Jesus had been welcomed into Jerusalem a few days earlier you know, by all the people. They're, they're shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Matthew chapter 21, verse 9. Uh, They no doubt checked out the Lord's genealogy, his history. They confirmed what Matthew chapter 1 clearly showed, that Jesus was, in fact, a descendant of King David. Now, of course, the Pharisees aren't going to acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah, but they can't deny uh, that this title, Son of David, is a messianic title. Now, the Lord goes one step further. The Pharisees were looking for a political Messiah, that is, somebody to deliver them from Roman oppression. So Jesus points them to an Old Testament passage that reveals the Messiah is more than a political Savior. Jesus asks them here in verse 43, If the Christ, the Messiah, is David's son, why does David call him his Lord? Jesus then quotes Psalm 110, verse 1, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Now, let me paraphrase what David is writing. God said to my Messiah, sit at my right hand. That's the place of honor. So Jesus now follows that up in verse 45 with another question. If then David calls him, that is the Messiah, Lord, how is he David's son? Now, Jesus isn't trying to confuse his audience. He's trying to make them think. Jesus is pointing out that a son of David, a descendant of David, is actually the son of God. 
See, David is writing prophecy here without fully understanding it at the time. David's Messiah is the Lord, and the Lord will be a descendant of David. Well, how's that possible? Well, we know what David did not know. Jesus was the miraculously conceived Son of God, legally descended from David. In fact, both Mary and Joseph were in the family line of King David. So this is, this is amazing. Jesus is revealing to them from Old Testament Scripture that the Messiah is deity. He's not just a political leader. He's the sovereign Lord of the universe. Did you know that this verse from Psalm 110 is one of the most frequently quoted passages in all of the New Testament? And no wonder. Look at what this little verse teaches that David wrote. It indicates that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was eternally preexistent as God the Son. It shows God the Father speaking to Jesus long before Jesus was born on earth. It also illustrates the plurality of the Godhead, or what we call the Trinity, that while God is one, the Godhead consists of three eternally distinct and equal persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. This is shown through a conversation taking place between the Father and the Son that David's writing down long before the Son entered this world as a baby boy. I have to chuckle here because Matthew records that after this, no one dared ask Jesus any further questions. Mark's gospel adds that the people were glad to hear him. I imagine they were glad to to see those proud Pharisees put in their place. So Jesus has just identified the greatest commandment to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus has also just presented the greatest question a person can ever answer. Is Jesus the Son of God, the divine Messiah? Well, let me ask you, how would you answer that in your own heart today? Well, my prayer is that that you not only know who he is, which in itself isn't enough, by the way. The devil knows who Jesus is. He's the Son of God. No, my prayer is that you will know who He is and then trust Him personally as your living Lord. If you haven't already, you can right now ask Him to be your Messiah, your Redeemer, your personal Savior, and He will become just that for you. Well, until we set sail again, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Stephen called this lesson, Son of David, Son of God. This is The Wisdom Journey, a production of Wisdom International. Learn more about all the other resources we have available at wisdomonline.org. Stephen has an extensive collection of Bible lessons, sermon manuscripts, videos, and more. Visit there anytime. Be sure and join us back here next time to continue the wisdom journey. 